Lol Questers on the Quest Live podcast on Wednesdays, going over yesterday's show. Two more shows to go, guys, for season 10. And with me from Canada, way up there in Canada, is Judy. Hello, Judy. Hello, John. Hi, everybody. Good to be here, as always. And I think we'll probably have a, a pretty good podcast tonight. Yep. Well, let me get my FaceTime hellos in, Judy. Here we go. And there's Tammy. There's Tammy. Uh, Caroline. Gloria, where are you? There she is. Jan. Sydney. And here is both. Very good. Hello, sister. Hello, darling. As we're going through the list here. Hello, Jeff. I think we're getting a little delay here, uh, Judy. Yeah, I think so, John. It was a couple of minutes before I picked you up, so uh, I think we have a delay. Yeah, all these Facebook things are all coming in a little bit on the delay side. YouTube is coming right up. Probably lack in the matrix, Judy. Okay. Hello, BC. Thanks for coming in. The professor, I see him on the Facebook side. We're doing well so far. We go day by day, as we always do. Everybody has their problems. I've been battling a neck problem. So I'm really putting it off to maybe go to a chiropractor, but then I can get worse. I just can't shake it. Hello, Ashley. Thanks for coming in. Send dollar in the house. Unbelievable. I got a couple of things to uh, go over. And there's Renee. Hello, Renee. A couple of things that were making my head scratch a little bit, and some people did see it last night, especially Caroline. We think alike. But that'll be after my thank yous. Like I said, for members uh, on the YouTube side, hello, Carol. Please uh, like, subscribe, support if you can. I'm on Patreon. Like I said, when the Muyan. Osprey Muyan starts sending videos. You'll get them right away if you're in the paid section. I don't know when I'm going to be live. Like I said, I'm taking care of my parents more and more on the off season. So when we do have a show, Judy, it's going to be a wild one. You know what I mean? Right, John, for sure. Well, we'll enjoy it when you do have it. Yep. People want to come in and do some interviews or selling books. So we'll get that all straightened out. and. Uh, Last summer sort of went kind of quick, but in the beginning it went slow. But then when we got the Muyan and got everybody talking about what's going on, 
we pumped it right up, Judy. Yeah, it helped a lot, didn't it, John? Oh. I'm kind of looking forward to that this year. Yep. But if they're all underground, we're going to have to get a penetrating uh, radar drone <laughs> to see what they're doing. Yeah. yeah, you just go out and buy one of those so we can see underground. That would be great. You know, that's all we'll see is the garden shaft with the hatch open, and that's all you see, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, let me get my thank yous in. This is for my paid membership. Yep, Ashley, LiDAR drone. These are for the people that are on the YouTube membership and uh, the Patreon. I want to thank so much to Paul and Stefan and the person and Sandra and Wayne and Carol and Virginia and Gary and Rebecca and Becky and Carol and Barbara and Arlene and Jeff and Mark and Sandollar and Roxy and Jazdia and also Tammy, Joanne and Hardaby who gives that extra effort every month for me to support the channel. I thank you so much. And also with me is Judy. Judy, I thank you for all you do for the group. The group loves you. Thank you, John. And I love this group to no end. Yep. Hello, Lori. Hello, Terry. And uh, of course, Daniel, the Professor Spino. What will we do without him? I mean, I'm completely lost with the Stargate, but uh, he'll bring me down the earth, uh, Judy. Yeah, see, well, John. Yeah, he keeps us hopping. We got to keep thinking when Daniel's around. Yep. And also, we got to thank the Osprey Muyan. And like Sydney says, maybe if we can get a groundhog to strap on a GoPro <laughs> and go down these holes, well, we might get in trouble for that one, Sydney. <laughs> good thought, though. Yeah, good thought. Good thought. I want to thank my moderators, Tammy, Judy, Daniel, Starlene, Kathy, BC, and Tanya from Portugal. Also, Jeff M. and Gloria on the YouTube side for all your help. And to our lifetime contributor with all this star talk, we really miss him, uh, Chris Dona. Got to thank my main members, of course, from the Quest of Oak Island group, around 70,000 of you guys. The best behaved members I've ever been associated with. We're live to the Quest Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at the same time. Our other platforms include Twitch, Rumble, Discord, and Instagram. Also, Judy, to our Spotify for Podcasters, is starting to build up pretty good on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon, and all the rest of them. I can't even mention them all, but that's all I'll do. And I thank you people on the audio side, because I know you can't see us, except for on Spotify is the video. But thanks for listening to me and Judy and to our shows. Uh, on the audio side, Judy, I thank them so much. Oh, I thank them too. I think they're great for doing that, John. Hello, Dave Burles. Like I said, tonight was called, well, last night was called the uh, Indian job. What an incredible new discovery is made in the Triangle Swamp. Now, was there a new discovery in the swamp last night? I must have blacked out, guys. Yeah, then I guess I did too, John, because I didn't see one. <laughs> uh, next week is called Down the Hatch. Now they're trying to think of pointing us to uh, Zena's map that that 13-foot depression that Jack said, this could be related to the hatch on Zena's map. And then the last episode 
It's called And the Hits Keep Coming. It's the 16th, May of the 16th. And um, we'll see what that's all about. And I was told there will be something about a Muyan. So I hope that comes true. But I don't believe it, Judy, until I see it. You know what I mean? Well, I, I believe what will happen is we'll hear that word in the last five minutes of the show, and that's where we will be left hanging. All right. Hello, Scott. Thanks for coming in. Hello, Harry. Uh, let me bring up some uh, stuff I got from Muyan, Muyan, Muyan from Canada here, just to give you an update of people don't know what it is. Are you ready, Judy? Let me see here. We're ready, John. This is the 3D imagery that we'll be seeing. The 3D density model slice shows the reconstruction density model from Muyan data overlaid with the borehole Muyan detectors. The blue dots are the detectors. If you see them blue dots, there's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six Muyan detectors. The blue dotted ones as shown positioned down the angled drill hole. This is not the Oak Island but this is similar to what we'll be looking at, Judy. Does everybody see that? You see it, John, yes. Hello, Deborah. Hello, Luann. Thanks for coming in. So this is what we're going to be looking at, but yet in a 3D mode, it'll turn it all the way around to see any kind of anomalies, uh, vaults, and, and such. Well, it's going to be interesting, John, for sure, when we do get there. And they usually use it for uh, high-grade mineral deposits. They got uh, all kinds of things that see, which will put an end to what the heck is below these sensors. And I got a little email from uh, Ideon, who's the company from Muyan up there in Canada. Hello, John. Spring has sprung on Canada's west coast. The grass is green, the blossoms are out, and we're having great news to share with you since our update last fall when we first focused our successful Series A raise. Even if you're a new subscriber to our updates, you probably know that we use the energy from supernova explosions in space <laughs> to image down to one kilometer beneath the Earth's surface in 3D. Imagine, Judy, how the heck do you even do that, you know? I can't even imagine. I can't. Yep. Our subsurface intelligent platform transforms subatomic particles called cosmic ray muons, holy muon, into reliable 3D density maps that help mining companies identify, characterize, and monitor mineral and metal deposits with confidence. This helps accelerate the world's transition to low-impact mining and transforms how companies find the critical minerals required to power the global shift to clean energy. While the science of Muyan 
tachymetry have been proven for decades, Ideon has recently delivered successful imaging results from the world's first borehole Muyan tomography project for mineral exploration undertaken with their partners on one of the top uranium producers. Unbelievable. It is, John. It's so hard to even put it together. Yeah, and they also said the imaging target, which they put these sensors down, guys, at McLaren Lake, Sequatchewa, is a high-grade compact uranium deposit located at 300 meters deep. That's almost 1,000 feet deep, Judy. Wow, John. Wow, that's unbelievable, isn't it, they can do that? Yep. Six, oh, this is going to be interesting. Six borehole muyan detectors were deployed down a single drill hole in a connection sequence delivering progressive imaging results throughout the survey. So they can put six down just in one drill hole. We have five in five different uh, uh, drill holes. You know what I mean? Yes, that's what I was thinking that we did. Yep. Whoa. So that gives everybody an idea of what happens. And also, there's always glitches too, you know. If the electricity gets turned off, how do you reboot it? Hello, Susan. And um, that's why I was so keen on getting this Muyan technology, and I yelled to the top of my lungs, holy Muyan, because this will tell you exactly, drill here, don't drill here. You got something here, you don't have something there. You know what I mean, guys? And that would be a big help for darn sure. So that was what sent with me today. And obviously, you know, I got to ask him, well, what about, <laughs> what about Oak Island? <laughs> and of course I hear crickets the minute I put in, well, what about Oak Island's technology? Anything happened? Uh, crickets. And so <laughs> guys, at least, <laughs> at least I tried. <laughs> yes, you did. You got to try. <laughs> Like they'll tell me, well, the uh, Oak Island uh, sensors were uh, disabled for uh, three hours and we had to reboot them. And nope, they didn't say anything. They played it safe. <laughs> <laughs> and also a surprise call in last night of uh, Joan McGinnis. I did a little two minute excerpt on YouTube that she said her dad such he can go or been to oak island go to nolan's cross sort of sort of not flip over a rock but near nolan's cross is the way down into the vault now that history has been passed down from the mcginnises um but then i'm saying well if they did that why didn't they find the treasure themselves you know what i mean judy yes that, it doesn't make sense for sure. You know, they're saying the money pit was a outlet. Then when you're digging up for 90 feet, how do you get the dirt out of there? So it's all getting me more confused, but just another avenue of what the McGinnises uh, were saying, Judy. You know what I mean? You get a different aspect of what their thoughts are. Right, exactly, and I'm sure each family that has been on Oak Island would give us a different story. Yep. Hello, Becky. Thanks for coming in, Becky. 
Alrighty. And then my last little rant, if you want to call it a rant. We had Charles and also Marty go down to the 82-foot level, correct? Yes. Hello, DD. Welcome, and thank you so much for your support, DD. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, DD. Thanks for coming in. Is when they got all suited up, and I think Caroline mentioned this, and I also mentioned it. When they're down 82 feet, I see no ropes on them. I see absolutely nothing. And if the water rushed in on the bottom, they must have had sure confidence when they looked under the last planks and saw dirt. Remember seeing dirt underneath there? Yes, did. It's like, okay, maybe the water level is a little bit lower to gush in so much. How the heck are they ever going to get out of there? and run up that ladder, 82 feet. They got no ropes on them. They got these orange suits on them and sort of belts. What do they do, send a hook down there and hook them out? I don't understand that part of the safety part, guys. What do you guys think? Help me out. I agree 100%, John. They uh, looked like they were all hooked up for, for ropes, but nothing there. I've seen no ropes on them. I've seen no ropes dangling. I've seen no ropes dangling with a hook. In case it does come in, you hook yourself up like a mountain climber. You know what I mean? Right, yes. So, and they know those shafts are pertinent to a water blast all of a sudden. And you're right on the bottom because I got photographs and screenshots of them looking at the bottom of the shaft. You know? Right, yes. So that was kind of confusing to me as far as the safety, safety wise. Kind of weird. Yeah, Tammy, says, Tammy says, isn't there a crane nearby? There is Tammy, but unless they're hooked up to it, it can't help them. There's no crane there anymore. They're done digging. I didn't think there was a crane. Oh, okay. It's gone for sure. Okay. The, I got to look, but I didn't see it. But by the time they swing it over to get the guys out who the heck knows right for sure they would have some kind of plan dave says yeah but you know what i mean dave i didn't see no ropes i didn't see anything they must be quick on their feet then to go up that ladder so all right well that's my little things we had joe mcginnis we had a little bit of the muyan And uh, we'll get into the synopsis very shortly. Yep, Ashley, they must have had a lot of confidence that that water was sealed tight. Yep, I hear you, David. All right, Judy, let me get your picture up and let's get into the get to the show. Ready? Let me see here. Hold on, guys. All right, Judy, your picture's up for the world to see. When you're ready, go ahead. Take your time. You need a break, let us know. No problem. Go ahead, Judy. Thank you. Thank you so much, everybody. And this is Season 10, Episode 23, The Italian Job. Another day has dawned on Oak Island, and at the garden shaft, 
where the Dumas team started the rebuild five months ago, they have reached the bottom at 82 feet down. Charles has been trained and is now geared up to go underground into the shaft. At the bottom, he is shown the last original timber in the shaft. What is under that shaft or to the side of it? Dumas will now start the probe drilling to see if there are any anomalies to be found. Marty will go down in a few days after he has been trained. 4,000 miles away in Rome, Italy, the team meets with coin expert Umberto as he examines the Roman half coin found on lot five. He declares it to be definitely Roman from the fourth century. He then takes a look at the small rectangular piece the team thinks is a coin that was found a few years ago. Umberto tells the team it is a bronze trade weight used to distinguish a real coin from a fake. The piece is 1,000 years old, and it matches a Byzantine weight coin. Back on Oak Island, Laird continues digging the stone round structure in the ground on Lot 5. Jack arrives, and Laird tells him he has discovered artifacts from the 1750s here. He also points out the lower into the structure he goes, the older the artifacts, which means the bottom of the structure is likely far older than the top layer. Marty has arrived and says, there are secrets to be found here, so keep digging. Over in the swamp, the team is digging near the paved area where earlier this year, a test showed a metal object 10 feet down. The rocks in the area look to be laid in the same way as the rocks in the paved area. Is this paved feature larger than they thought? The following morning, Ian arrives at the same area on the paved area site and determines it to be man-made. More digging is needed. Back in Italy, the team arrives at the American University to meet with Professor de Robillant, who is a historian. He shows them a booklet he found that was written in 1558. It is about the travels of two Venetian brothers. The book states that two Zeno brothers went to Scotland where they met with Prince Henry St. Clair and began working with St. Clair and traveled with him to Nova Scotia in the 14th century. Could this book, along with its maps, be the proof the team needs that Henry St. Clair, a Templar, was on Oak Island in the 1300s? Stay tuned next year, guys. Across the pond on Oak Island, 
in a rise on Lot 5 to take a look at the stone structure Laird has been working on. Anne is shocked by its size and says it reminds him of a Scottish castle or fortification. What will this anomaly prove to be? The following morning, the team has arrived at their last stop in Viterbo, Italy. A Templar investigator from the area informs them that Viterbo was the center of 8th century Christianity and the Catholic Church. Viterbo was also a Templar stronghold at that time. The team enters the church built in 10 AD, where they began their search for something that could relate to Oak Island. Peter finds a cross with four dots, like the one on Oak Island on the HO stone. Their guide tells them the four dots show that Templars have been here and that somehow the Grail and the Shroud have meaning in this spot. Peter finds a compass and square, and that could mean that the Masons have also been in this church. Alex then discovers on the wall of a post the letters H-I-C. The guide says the H-I stands for here. By completing the C into a circle with a dot in the middle, which means gold, could the H-O stone be telling us there is Templar gold on Oak Island? Will season 11 give us that answer? Back on Oak Island, it is Marty's turn to go down the garden shaft. He gets to the bottom, looks under the planks and the ground under which he hopes is the money pit and wonders if they are close. Stay tuned next week, fellow questers, as they begin the search for the tunnel and the money pit. And in the meantime, stay safe, please. Thank you much, Judy. Thank you so much. Very good. You're welcome, John. I enjoyed doing it. I needed that job to do today. Mm -hmm. You made it. I did. Of course, everybody, it'll be out in text in the Patreon, on the paid side of uh, YouTube, on the commentary section, and also in our Quest of Oak Island Facebook page, plus all my screenshots from all the shows I've done all week long in a jumble by of photos that I always post at the end on Wednesdays, Judy. Yes, John, I always look forward to seeing, to going over those again. Two more episodes to go, guys. Lordy, forty. Yeah, it's been quick, hasn't it? Yep. Yeah, remember that trade weight, yep, Carnos, but that was kind of newer, that weight for the scale we saw that Rick got on the pathway. You remember that, guys, right? Yes. That seemed like a newer. Yep, Tammy. 
I'm trying to get that information, but they won't talk to me. See what we can do over the summer. Always wanted to know the McMahon side all the time. I always want that side. You know what I mean? It would be nice, wouldn't it, John? I know I would certainly enjoy it since um, I am Canadian. I would mm. like to get to know them better. Yep. All right, let me get your picture off here, and let's go through some screenshots. Thank you, everybody, for your praise and your encouragement. I love you guys to pieces. We only got about 60 screenshots to go, guys. I'm <laughs> That's late. okay. I'm late again. Probably 30 or 40 minutes longer than I really want, but take your time. You only got two weeks left. I got nowhere to go, John. I'm here for the night. I hear you. Not bad. What's Caroline say? Everybody going by so fast. But why do they need any train weights on Oak Island? Well, if it was a wharf and a lot of small ships coming in off the big ships, they had trade there. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, exactly. More certain there was some trading going on on Oak Island. Yep. Along with the smuggling. Yep. Smuggling, treasure hunting, winemaking, all the rest of it. Training with the Mi'kmaq. Who knows what was going on there? We still don't have the answers, but we're getting all these pieces. So anybody can put a story to any of these little things that go on. You know, Judy? Right, exactly, John. I hope when this all comes to an end that we can have part of the story put together at least. Cabbage, like Scott says, yeah. <laughs> I'll trade you this for three heads of cabbage. What do you got? You know. <laughs> all righty. Here we go, guys. Like I said, we got about 60 to go, so let's get going here. Now, when I looked around, I see everybody with these belts on and everything on the three on the left-hand side, and I don't see no ropes or anything. So that's what I was questioning. How the heck they get out of there at a quick side, you know what I mean? Right. I sure don't know. I mean, they have to have something by, because like uh, David said, they're very strict on safety, you know? Right. Exactly. They... They obviously are. So as far as that going, I have no idea until we actually hear for them guys, you know. They must have been extremely confident, John, that everything would be okay. Yep. And like I took a look at this picture, next one, you know, I see the crane way off to the right, but nowhere close to where the uh, shaft is. But then how they edit it, they were probably not in the shaft at this time. You know what I mean? That's all I got to say. Yeah, that could be too. Could very well be. So you got to put the photos in in order. They did have a man basket. Yeah, the one they went down 10x probably. Well, who knows? I don't know any about that stuff. So they know what they're doing. Yep, Carolyn, the rest styles were confident too. Where'd they go? I hear you. All well, depends how fast the water's coming in, Dave. And who knows? 
So I look around, I look on the side, I look in the back, I look in the rear. You know me, Judy, I'm looking all over the place on these photos. <laughs> You're the one that finds what the rest of us miss, John. My big find of the whole season, ton is Duma's showers in the money pit. I'm gold down, <laughs> I'll go down in history as being the only podcaster, I think, because I don't go to any other groups. They found out that Dumas take a shower in there because the hotels won't be taking them all full of mud. They won't even let them in the lobby. <laughs> and I can't blame them for sure. What a great idea. <laughs> well, they must go through this a lot because they have mining uh, procedures all over the world. And these guys got to travel and teams and they're used to that, you know, being in the mud, you know, Judy? Right, exactly, John. And I would imagine every wife that has a husband that works in construction of any kind would like one of those showers outside her door. I hear you. Instead of just spraying them down with the garden hose, right? Right on. <laughs> and this is what they're looking at now. we got some screenshots uh, below the 82-foot level of the dirt that they showed us. Looking at that 95-foot tunnel that's about 82 and 95 is 13 feet below where they're standing now judy okay wow so wow. they're at 82 they still got to go down 13 feet with permits to intersect this tunnel that they did through their uh baby blob uh drill holes well that's going to be interesting to see how they do that mm. where the gold signature is the highest. Alrighty, guys, we've been waiting. Show us something. And here they are going down. Charles went down first, and then Marty at the end of the episode went down late, and that'll be the end of episode 23 when they put marty down there you never know renee they're pretty safe at the 80 foot level there is no water there because it's the highest point in the money pit so they know what they're doing they're the miners you noticed uh, they didn't show us show the guys going back up and what they look like when they got there you know, and this is what the bottom looks like at the 82 foot level just planks uh hook i didn't see no lifeline i saw no ropes i saw nothing then they're showing where it sagged on that right hand side of the garden shaft which they keep on calling it the money pit we have no idea where the money pit is judy but they keep on refer referring this to the money pit the money pit you know you notice that yeah i have noticed that and that it gets confusing for me anyway, because um, they've never really found it. Nope. The only rope I seen was that little hook and strap that's against the wall there. A sledgehammer, the cameraman in the lower right-hand corner, and they're on the bottom, guys. So 
like I said, they know what they're doing. They got the permits. God forbid if something happened, but they're good. Marty's looking for gold. That's me on the walkie-talkie. Where's the gold? Bring the gold up. (laughs) No more data. Bring the gold up. Let's get it. Four thousand miles away to the east in Rome, Italy. Here we go. Another coin expert, as Judy said in her synopsis. The one thing I'm happy about, John, that they're done in Italy is I don't have to deal with these names anymore. Well, who knows where they'll be going next. Be France. Deal with those names in <laughs> France. That'll be even worse, I think. Yep. And um, at least they brought the coins to show these experts around. At least we're getting guys. It's not Sandy, no. It's another expert across the pond. So at least they're doing more observations of determinations of what they really have here, Judy, you know? Right. Second opinion always is a good thing to have. Mm -hmm. This was found on lot five, and that other bronze piece was found on lot seven. Yep, Baron, thanks for coming in. They're about water level 80, 85, 90. I think that's, well, don't forget. They said they took the stone out in 90 feet. And what happened, Judy? Well, that's when the water hits them, right? Yep. So they're at 82. So. And there's this other piece that I found out or during the show was found on lot seven. This metal artifact that we now know it's a comparable weight to see if a coin is fake or real by weight. We're finding everything but the real stuff. Yeah, that's true, John. Scale weights, Mm. weights that weigh against the stuff. But where's the stuff, guys? Where's the stuff? Yes, it could be a Roman coin. Yup, R&B, thanks for coming in. The sign said he's been a coin expert for 40 years. He must know something. Yep. For, for sure, John. Especially over there, he would have even more knowledge, I would think. Yeah, in Italy, a lot of old stuff, way over, way over old. Real old stuff in history in Italy, more than the United States and Canada, you know. For sure, big time. And here's what he thinks that half coin that they found on the island looks like comparable to the coin he showed there. So at least we got that information, Julie, that he thinks the coin that's half is part of this coin that he knows. Right, yes. And the question is... The on it certainly looks the same, doesn't it? You know, and Scott says, the question is, when was it dropped? I hear you. I hear you guys. 
And there's a closer picture that these have been in circulation for centuries. We had another picture of that half coin, Judy, that it showed that guy kneeling. Somebody uh, had it all outlined, but you think I can find it? No. Oh, geez. I do remember it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Daniel says, did you notice the buzzer wasn't shown? And yes, Daniel, I thought of that. They didn't there. But yet, this stuff was from last year, you know what I mean? Holy moly, holy mooyan! Thank you so much, Darlene Dougie. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Darlene. Hello, Gary. It would have been nice to see what Umberto thought the buzzer really was, wouldn't it? I know. They should have brought the buzzer to this guy. Yep. Just for, sure. just for us, Daniel. You think they'll do it just for us? But they didn't know <laughs> we did all that research, and you did, because this is all last year. They know now. You know, we're seeing things that they did last year, so. The piece of bronze could be a thousand years old. Holy moly, lordy 40. Mm. You're welcome, Darlene. And then when he said there's Christ on it, I'm going, Lordy, Forty, Holy Mooyan. <laughs> Daniel, go ahead, Judy. Uh, Daniel says, I'm guessing he saw it and said, Nope, not a token. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Caroline, we all got the same thing. Nope. And the editor said, you know what? We can't give them that information that Sandy got it wrong. So they just don't do anything with it. They throw it in the pile, Judy. Right. That's it. We probably won't hear of it again. Nope. And here's this coin. Lordy 40. Why can't we find something like this on the island? You know, guys? Oh, wouldn't that be great? Hmm. No, Ashley, I wasn't right. It was all the research from uh, Daniel Spino and the members. I just passed the information around to believe or not. But uh, I said it right off the bat, my own personal opinion, no way that's a coin. It's a button or whatever the heck I said after that. And then we got the Whistlers, then that one guy in the membership. There it is. He found out right away what it was. You know, Judy? Yes. Just fantastic. Fantastic and so obvious at the same time. Mm -hmm. Back to the island. There's Laird in the rock pile. And I think he said last year, last year, oh my God, last night, <laughs> that that was a big pile of rocks. The middle was even filled with rocks, like a rock pile. So that sort of threw me off a little bit. 
Yeah, me too. You think, what in the world was that before? Like a little pyramid there, you know what I mean? Right, yes. If we only had answers, Judy, if we only had answers. Oh, wouldn't that be great? They're finding artifacts at that level from the 1750s. You know, maybe a campsite. The ups got nothing on the blue jewel or muyan to the last episode. Zero. They got us. I had to get a picture of my main man, Steve Guptal, the surveyor, in the mud, in the muck, in the swamp. And there they are on that anomaly. And I'm not sure we got that dug out. I think they're going to wait till next week and the last week for that also, Judy. It looks like it, John, too, because they uh, certainly didn't finish it. In fact, it looked to me like they were going to fill it back in. That's what he's, that, That's what uh, Greg told him, fill it back in. But that was the ramp. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Judy. Uh, Daniel says, I thought it was very interesting that Laird said he thought it could have been filled in with stones, then altered later. Remember, the quadrilateral was also filled with stones. That's a wow, Daniel. Yeah. You got that right, Professor. These quadrilaterals. What the heck? I'm betting you, I am betting that Daniel has an idea what it could be. Yeah, Potsy says, I can't believe it was only excavating the circle structure. They're all over, but they only can go as far as they can go, Potsy. So right now we're on lot five. Uh, we're on the ramp in the swamp, and we're eating pizza in Italy. That's where we are so far. Renee says a tower, a tower, very important part of a castle or fortification. Yep. I hear you. Daniel, Daniel says another geometric figure, which obviously it is mm. as above. So below. Yep. That's for dot to dot to figure out all that mess. Yes. <laughs> the mathematician, uh, uh people. Here they are digging out and trying to get some water out of the ramp section. And there's the layer of stones. But it was 11 feet deep, though. The other paved area was only three foot deep, as I remember, guys. As I love maps and I love directions and I love numbers, I'm pretty sure the stone paveway was three feet down and I'm pretty sure Steve said these stones were 11 feet down. Weird. Very, very weird. 
Back to Italy. <laughs> I love this guy's maps, uh, Judy. Yes, interesting. Yep, Gloria. Thank you, Gloria. He did say 11 feet. Yep. That stuck in my head because the other ones were three feet below the muck. This was very interesting research. Yes, I found his uh, research the most interesting last night. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, Doug says in 1558 with that map. Renee says different, and they were altering the landscape when building, you know, all by hand or by oxen, how the heck they did it, I have no idea, one piece at a time, you know what I mean, guys? Right, yes. Yep, this was an interesting part on this map, that they first realized they traveled to Iceland and came back, then the coast of North America, including Nova Scotia. Plus, they tied them in with Sinclair, guys. So there was a little bit of tying in last night. I'll give them that much, guys. What do you think? Yeah, I give them that, too, because it does tell us that uh, Sinclair was obviously there at, at some time. Italian explorers Antonio and Nicolazino. Never heard of these guys since last night, Judy. Never heard of them. No, me either, John. Uh, Daniel says the Zeno maps are considered fake and not consistent with the whereabouts of the Zeno brothers, according to history. Tell us wow. more. Thank tell you, us Daniel. more. Daniel, tell us more. Fake. Doggone it. <laughs> Daniel always spoils it for me. He does, yeah. What are we going to do with him anyway? I love the facts, though, so the facts are the facts. You're right. I agree. That's what we want. Those parts are included in the Xeno map, real or live or fake. I just present it out there. You guys determine. I just put it out there. I love to believe, Judy. There's a lot of things I'd love to believe, you know? Me too, John. And and I can believe it easy. So I'm glad Daniel's there to, to uh, let us know the truth. Oh, Daniel says the story was written by the Zeno relative who was trying to prove Columbus wasn't the first to North America. Well, that makes perfect sense, yes. Thank you so much, Professor. There's always a story. There's always the backstory that Daniel gives us. And even when I was talking to Joan McGinnis, she also follows the Professor Daniel Spino. <laughs> so we're being watched by many, Professor we have a lot of eyes on us. 
And there's where it was showing the Zeno on the map, right there in Canada. And I thought that was an interesting part of all last night was these maps. I agree, they were, and the story itself. And uh, trying to tie it in, true or not. Go ahead, Judy. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that to me. The story cites Prince Zichmi as the Zeno's contact, and someone decided it was St. Clair. Someone. Oh, Daniel, you're making it worse. <laughs> yep, someone decided. There he goes. The professor's ready to go. I'm sure he will have a write-up about this soon. Yeah, I think so. I think he's uh, working us up to a frenzy towards the last part of the season with all kinds of detailed information, uh, Judy. Yes. Uh, BC says, I disagree with Daniel. In my opinion, it's not fake. The smear was orchestrated by a professor trying to make brownie points. There we go, BC. I love it. <laughs> Look out, Daniel. Yep. We're coming after you, Professor, even though I don't know what I'm talking about. We're coming after you. So I see I see like another four-part series into the Zeno brothers. You know what I mean, Judy? <laughs> right, for sure. That'll give us something uh, to read this summer, John. <laughs> yeah. It might be a 10-part series. I don't know. <laughs> Discovered by Antonio Zeno in 1390. Daniel says the expert was only one of a few academics that actually believes the story. They just happened to find him. Hey, robot came in the house. I got to give him a little... He always are participating nice. Why cannot we hear about Duma's mining uses with their grout to come to 82-foot level in the water? What technology had the same technology? Portland cement, 1750s. Thank you, robot. Hello, Bob. Stan, thanks for coming in. And on this map, and then Rick says they have multiple timelines i would say what's more than multiple uh uncounted timelines you can't even count so many timelines we've got you know judy right on you couldn't begin to Oof. back on oak island dr spooner's taking a look at this 13 foot round rock Depression on lot five. There they are. Give them some FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, Darlene says, I thought I heard 
Dr. Spooner called the depression in the ground something to mount a cannon so you can spin it around. Uh, I was thinking it might have been a turret from the time I saw it. We still aren't sure what it is, but I like that Dr. Spooner and I are thinking alike. Yep, Darlene, I heard him clear as a bell. Very good, Darlene. Thank you. And then the professor says, historical records prove the Xenos weren't anywhere near North America at the time. I will provide the evidence. Go, Daniel, go. <laughs> oh, Daniel, you're really kind of um, putting this on the bad end here. I want, I want it to be in Italy. Yep. And Gloria, just put the Xenos into search and you'll find questions as to the reliability reliability of the story. Thank you, Gloria. The good old Google. Don't know what it is? Google. It can be fortifications that were circular, a tower. I don't think it'd be a tower, though, but you would see stones with some kind of mortar or something. Not unless it was all freestanding. All these towers were all used with mud or just standing freestanding, but these rocks look like cobblestones. How high can you go with round stones, guys? Got to be flat stones to go with height, as far as my civil engineering says. Don't you think so? I would think so, John. It's like trying to stack bowling balls. How far up are you going to get without any kind of structure if you're stacking bowling balls? <laughs> right on. You know, this island's cobblestone, round. It seems like a lot of round tops, round sides, maybe a little bit of flat on the bottom. You know what I mean, guys? Help me out here. Help me out here, Judy. Oh, John, I know very little. I thought about a turret, to be honest with you. wondered if that's what it could be. Mm. But, again, I just can't see it being built with those stones. Mm. That's what goes through my mind. Okay, if there's a, a thousand pieces of flat rocks... You know, like uh, Samuel Ball's foundation, more flat stones. McGinnis' foundation, more flat stones. Could be. Old ancient Scottish castles that were circular. Castle, a 13-foot castle? Pretty, pretty crowded in there with the family in there, you know what I mean? Yeah, it certainly would, wouldn't it? Daniel says um, that circular feature was made to look like something, in my opinion, and it was rearranged. Let me see what Renee said here on the uh, tower. Perhaps the Zener brothers passed this info to others. No mortar used on the round Newport Tower in Rhode Island. Yeah, but the, the stones were flat. No, they weren't all round stones like Oak Island. But we got to see. We got to see. Yep, Caroline, the old castles were wooden on top. Yep. Just got me crazy. It just doesn't compute in my brain what this type of foundation would hold or even look like. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Now, um, Scott and Ashley have brought up that maybe it could have been a pit uh, to cover cabbage up in the winter months. Right, like a root cellar, yep.
We're back to Italy. What did BC say here? Not true. New evidence found in John D's library has debunked the smear campaign. All trying to hide something. You know, Judy, all these ciphers and debunks and I don't know. Can't everybody work together just to find the stupid treasure? You know what I mean? Exactly. Keep at it, BCs, so we can get the truth here. Hmm. And you can bug Daniel a little bit anyway. They traveled some 65 miles northwest of Rome for an eggplant sandwich. I love the building architecture. I love the scenery there in Italy. You know, it seems so calm. You know what I mean? Oh, it, it does, doesn't it? Old school for sure, John. Yeah, you know, nice and relaxed. Not all the hustle bustle craziness, you know. Right. I have a niece that's been several times to Italy and just loves to go. And she said it is it's quiet and serene there. Yep, two o'clock, everything stops. You gotta have pasta. Gotta take your nap. Everything stops at two o'clock. <laughs> you have your glass of wine and pasta outside the uh shops. Oh, that sounds so nice. It really does. And this is the new guy here, this researcher, who was a Templar researcher. The church really didn't do anything for me. And uh we'll go from there. Now, John Ashley says apparently the food is bland, too. Yeah. Boy, that, that's hard to believe. Well, I don't know where she heard that from, but uh, she might have to walk the plank. <laughs> Imagine a church. Better you than me. <laughs> you know, we have to put you in line behind uh, Judy. This church was built in the year 1080. Can you imagine it's still standing? Lordy, 40, holy mooyan, how do they do it? You wonder, John, and, and look at the uh, the pictures. They're gorgeous still. Yep, Barbara said. Yep, we had a lime kill on the island. There was no uh, tar kill found on Oak Island or a cannon battery. They found cannonballs, right? Right. Who knows? And then they found this. I guess it was an altar. The four dots again with the Templar cross in the middle. Must have saw this thing about a hundred times. Yes, we have in many different places. Then they compare it to the HO stone. It's the only piece of rock that they found when they blew up the big boulder and found no treasure underneath. Uh, where is the HO stone now? Do they, does somebody have that or is that in the museum, guys? I can't remember. I'm going blank here. I think it's in the Oak Island Museum. I'm fairly sure it is. Barbara says, Daniel Spino was Henry Sinclair, question mark. 
BC. We're going deep here, I guess. I can't say these names. I recommend you read Andrea, the Robert Flint's book, Irresistible North. He provides many good leads to follow. Way beyond me, Judy. Yes, exactly. Um, but I'm sure Daniel will find that interesting. Here goes Daniel. Go ahead. <clears throat> Let's see. Okay, Daniel says, uh, BC, I am aware that D in a letter with Mercator cites what he said was an expedition past Greenland in the mid-1300s to what is believed to be North America, but no evidence indicates the Xenos. I feel it's going to be a 20-part series. <laughs> they started it with this uh, Xenos on the map, Daniel, so we got to figure this stuff out. They started it last night on the show, so. <laughs> Daniel says 75 episodes. Uh, pieces. To oh do with this. my lordy, forty. We're good for the summer. Then these letters on the post. I don't know where they're going with this. And then Alex puts on the H. That's supposed to be the here, the Templar sign. And gold. And Daniel was great last night, uh, uh, Judy. It's like we're playing charades now. Ten years of charades to figure out what the heck is going on. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Yeah, this is one you have to question. You know, it's good for production. It's good for out-the-box thinking. But after ten years, I need some evidence, please. Yep, Gary, a whole of line. Yeah, the cabbage, yeah. How did how, how long does cabbage stay fresh until the ship comes to get it? I have no idea. Once you cut a cabbage head off and put it in a cool space long ago, that's what they had. You know, the storage was the ground, you know, Judy? Right, exactly. I know that um, uh, my um, grandparents used a hole in the ground to put their vegetables in and would use them all winter. <laughs> sister, my sister Brenda says, sounds like you are losing patience. Yes, Brenda, I think sometimes we get to that point. Yeah, I don't know who this is. Dee owned a first edition copy of the original Zeno manuscript. It's not actually Zeno, it's Zen. Oh, that's BC. Okay, I got you. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm getting a lot of information here. A lot of direct information here just between BC and Daniel as they're talking. You know what I'm saying, guys? How you getting information? Yeah. yeah I think they need to get together. 
And there's the circle with the dot, symbol for gold. And now we're getting towards the end, guys. About five more screenshots to go. Marty's ready to go down the garden shaft. But they keep on calling it the money pit. I guess for production reasons. They're also going to drill for precious metals outside the structure as they drill around uh, next week. As well as looking and locate that tunnel at a depth of 95 feet, Judy. And I'm saying they're at 82, so there has to be 13 feet to go. And then Marty picks up the plank on the bottom as he's down in there and shows the actual dirt at 82 feet. They all had harnesses on, Scott. They're just not tied to any kind of ropes. They all had the harnesses on. And that's what they're looking at. That's the bottom of the garden shaft. Yeah, I don't see a lot of water there myself. I don't think we're going to find out this year whether there is a tunnel there or not. Unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable. So that was sort of the end of the episode. And now... I'm going to put this thing up of next week, and I'm not sure where this is on the swamp or if this is the anomaly where they're calling it uh, down the hatch. I'm going to put up one screenshot because if I show you them all again, I won't have anything to show pre-show next Tuesday. So I want to hold some back. I mean, you can see it on my YouTube channel. You can see it on the Quest of Oak Island that I post the pre-show stuff uh, if you want to go and see it there. But I wanted to put this up for a question, uh, Judy. Okay. They got to be in the swamp. This looks like they're on the peninsula, as you see them, you know, that little road that's going down, and they're all standing in line, and they're all looking at this rock that's all scratched up. Do you see it, guys? Yes. So I don't know if this is the shot of the anomaly on the other side of the peninsula once they drained it down where Billy's standing. I have no idea. That, that could be, John, though. So you wonder, are we looking at a stone or are we looking at something that is metal? Hmm. We'll find out next week. Next Tuesday, it's called Down the Hatch, Episode 10. I mean, episode 24, season 10. Judy will be with me next Wednesday. With the synopsis of Down the Hatch after the show was shown. Please like and subscribe to the channel if you can. Support if you can. So this is what I wanted to show you here. And maybe one more. Jack's calling that spot on lot five the um, could be the hatch. And Scott says 
They probably go down to the tunnel that 13 feet somehow, and they want to call it an original depositor tunnel. Depositor tunnel. Okay. You'll notice that depositor tunnel, guys. Yes, I see that. Mm. Good night, Renee. Thank you, Renee. So that's about all I got. I'll be on the pre-show next Tuesday at 6.45. Look for my short videos. Look for updates. Hit that notification bell on YouTube because you never know when I'm throwing them short videos up or somebody tells me something. You get it right away. You get it right away. So, uh, Judy, if you want to uh, say your goodbyes, I'll say my goodbyes, and we'll call it another week. All righty. Hey, guys, it's been a fun night. I've really enjoyed tonight, and I needed it greatly. I love being with you. You guys make my days better. And uh, I will see you next Wednesday night with my synopsis. Uh, enjoy Oak Island next Tuesday night. And in the meantime, please, all of you, please stay safe. And you too, John. Yep. Thank you, Judy. Keep night. us uh, what's going on with you and let us know what's happening. Uh, and uh, we'll see you very shortly. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank you, guys. Good night. Good night. All right, guys. That's it for tonight. What do I always say? Remember, members, always go forward. You may get a setback in your life, but just believe in yourself. Believe in your dreams, no matter how old you are, for tomorrow's a never given especially in this crazy, crazy world we live in. The world needs a ton of prayers every second. So as my friend Jan says, you got to keep uh, smiling. You got to be kind because you never know what that other person's going through. And I agree. And as Judy says, you stay safe. <clears throat> you stay strong. You stay positive, and that's for everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show with me and Judy tonight. Like I said, I'll see you pre-show next Tuesday at 645. Keep abreast of what's going on in the group. I'll let you know. Like I said, I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you. Take care, and bye-bye. <laughs>